Yes, us. Welcome to the Kefi Life Podcast. My name is Kiki Vale, and I'll be your guide to creating a life of Ola Kala, all is well. Together, we'll get back to the basics, and we'll explore fresh new ways to flourish in mind, body, and soul the Greek way. You can look forward to interviews, stories, essential self-care strategies, recipes, and actionable takeaway Ola Kala moments. This is going to be so much fun. Let's get going. Bam it. Our lexi for today is peripetia, peripetia or adventure. Peripetia is closely related to happy hormones. There's a thing called adventure recovery. The teaching for adventure activities stimulate various aspects of our mental and physical health, resulting in positive outcomes that can be sustained over time. This is what we seek, good vibes. As children, we naturally were adventurous, playing outside, exploring the woods, playing with friends, and being active. Let's incorporate that childlike sense of wonder and put it to use by adopting an peripetia mindset of exploring and learning. This way, we can feel alive and energized throughout all stages of life. Eleolado. Olive oil has been celebrated in the civilized world for millennia, nearly eternal. The oil of this fruit has been more than just food to the cultures of the Mediterranean region. It's been medicinal, ceremonial, sacramental, and the foundation of great wealth and power. It is safe to say that olive oil is the ethos, the essence of Greek culinary culture. Today, the priceless and life-giving ingredients of this liquid gold can be delivered to you when you purchase your premium bottle of Kefi Life Extra Virgin Olive Oil from the region my parents were born, the Peloponnese. The coveted Koroniki olive is extensively cultivated here in the southern part of Greece, which offers the unique microclimate needed to grow a fruit netting the utmost nutrient value for extra virgin olive oil. Kefi Life Extra Virgin Olive Oil, a boundless amount of value, high in antioxidants with anti-inflammatory properties linked to good mood and improved mental health. Get your bottle of wellness today when you visit kefilife.shop. Yes, us. Thank you for checking out this Kefi Life episode number 87. I launched Kefi Life in March of 2021, and here we are in the last week of October 2022. I am so thankful for you listening and loving this labor of my love, love of wellness, love of olive oil, food, and Greek and Mediterranean culture, all presented with the mind, body, and soul connection to bring you and me, Olekala, all as well. Every Thursday, I share part of me, the part that wants to spread optimism and enthusiasm, enthusiasm for living a life well, energized, and meaningful. Part of the way that I stay well is I follow my heart. Adventure is my ethos. So is enthusiasm and gephi. So I recently fed my soul, my mind, my body, my whole person with the gift of adventure and joy. My husband and I, for the first time ever, but not the last, traveled to the Holy Land in September. We later flew to Italy. However, that journey is deserving of its own episode and more on that later because there's lots to share. Our Holy Land trip was undeniably a spiritual pilgrimage, but it did touch on all cylinders of life. We ate the food, we lived the culture, we felt God everywhere, and we witnessed the differences between the people as well as the similarities we as humans share, which in the beginning and in the end, is the desire to be loved and to be heard. What stands out most in my mind in the Middle East 
besides it being holy hot, 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 it's about 100 degrees on most days, is the land, which hints at all the senses in a very spiritual and archaeological way. The land is historically rich. There are ruins and streets and walls that are thousands of years old. The natives are sons and daughters of the land. They are passionate about the land. I am too. Our guides, leaders, bus operators, friends, hosts, Good Shepherd Travel, all Orthodox sons of the land. I am Greek Orthodox, so the experience was surreal, authentic, and extremely unique to have this combination of leading and education. As our group would walk around the land, like Jerusalem, Nazareth, Bethlehem, Capernaum, Birkin, Tebe, Jericho, we were impacted by the antiquity and the ancestries that continue to intrigue and inspire us to reconnect with our roots, our DNA. You've heard that expression, you have to know where you come from to know where you're going. Incidentally, the oldest continually inhabited city in the world is Jericho. We were there. It's built on the Jordan River and 9,000 years before Christ. Jericho is in the Palestinian West Bank, not easy to get to and a bit dangerous. Now, while we visited Jericho to see the Coptic Church of the Prophets of St. Zacchaeus and Andrew and the Orthodox Church of the Private Elijah, we learned of the archaeological evidence of the Israelite invasion of Canaan. And you know, it's true. History meets religion everywhere in the Holy Land. You can't deny it. In the Middle East, the land is identity. I feel it too. I want to be there. I can't wait to get back there. The land of Israel and the Palestinian states are part of three major religions, which each claim is theirs. And from what I experience, friends, it is. The land is enveloped with ageless olive trees. They are fruitful, plentiful, beautiful, green, hardy, thousands of years old. They're everywhere. They're in front of people's homes. They're on the street. They're on the roadside when you're driving. They're just all over the Holy Land. As a matter of fact, all the religion and peoples eat olives daily. And of course, they use the juice for the olive oil. The Mount of Olives, where Jesus prayed, is peaceful, a garden of sorts. The bread <laughs> to die for. I could live on bread alone, especially in Jerusalem. The bread, bagels, rolls, and baguettes, simply soul edifying, stomach filling, full of real ingredients. You taste it. You don't even get fat eating this stuff. In the old city where I ate freshly baked pure bread, I would just buy it from a traveling bread baker who had several offerings on his traveling cart. Gosh, I miss that privilege. What a privilege to be able to live somewhere where you walk down the street and can buy fresh bread from a vendor at a cart and it's all organic and pure. It's a real blessing. You may be wondering what the old city means. The old city of Jerusalem is traditionally divided into four uneven quarters, namely the Muslim quarter, the Christian quarter, the Armenian quarter, and the Jewish quarter. A fifth area, the Temple Mount, known to the Muslims as Harim al-Sharif, is home to the Dome of the Rock. We saw it, it's huge. It's really kind of like overtakes the rest of the skyline. And Al-Qaysa Mosque, those were once the site of two Jewish temples. 
The old city is home to several sites of key importance and holiness to the three major Abrahamic religions, the Temple Mount and Western Wall for Judaism, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre for Christianity, and the Dome of the Rock and Al-Qasa Mosque for Islam. The old city, along with its walls, was added to the World Heritage Site list of UNESCO in 1981. Reason enough to visit. You know, friends, it is just mind-blowing to be in a place that dates back pre-Christ, but also maintains a foothold with the rest of the modern world. Sincerely, truly, authentically, from my heart, the hub of humanity. If we're talking about food... The falafel is unquestionably a staple and mouthwatering. What can I say? It's different, it's tasty, and it screams Middle East. Mediterranean satisfaction. Chickpeas, fava beans, olive oil, and micronutrients, lots of them. Feed me falafel any day and every day, especially in the old city of Jerusalem. The Jews and the Palestinians, they eat like Greeks, so maybe this is why I love the food so much. Mazetis, this is really popular, or small plates, We have things like halva, tomatoes, eggs, pickles, olives, lots and lots of olives, fruits, potatoes, pita, pita bread, plenty of pita bread, and yes, hummus. The best hummus I ever dreamed of or indulged in is in Jerusalem. Hummus with everything. This food is indicative of the culture and mine too. Prayers, (laughs) always at the Middle Eastern table. Greeks too, we pray mornings and with each meal and before bed. It's just there over there in the Middle East, the prayers are really visible and audible and you know they're happening because like for example, when we stayed over in Tiberias to experience the Sea of Galilee, each morning and evening, the entire town heard the Muslims chanting their prayers very loud over a speaker system. I call them the speaker prayers. They woke us up every morning. You knew it was time to rise and shine. Only thing I take away from the Israeli t- tradition, and it's not the only, it's the one thing, because there are a lot of Israeli traditions I take away, but one thing I take away from their tradition is something called Shabbat. It's a day of rest. Every Friday at sundown, everything closes for a day. People gather with their families. They eat together, spend time together. And, you know, I love this tradition, and a common greeting is called Shabbat Shalom, or peace and good wishes on the Sabbath. And as a matter of fact, when I got to the airport in Tel Aviv, it was Shabbat Shalom, and I was excited to say it to the person checking our passports, Shabbat Shalom. (laughs) Earlier in the episode, I humbly, but certainly not holistically, because there's just no way in this amount of time, described the land. But you know, the water is distinctive with its peaceful and tranquil look and feel. The Sea of Galilee, especially well-known to Christians because it was in the area that Jesus Christ gave his Sermon on the Mount and his blessings of the Beatitudes and he first taught the Lord's Prayer, which we still live by to this day. Yes, the Sea of Galilee is the lowest freshwater lake on earth. And it's the second lowest lake in the world after the Dead Sea, a saltwater lake. And truly, we are talking heavy salt. I was in the Dead Sea and floated effortlessly and mistakenly touched my eyes and got water in them, thus got a dousing of salt, which pretty much blinded me for 10 minutes. Listen, friends, I could not open my eyes. The salt was so dense. It was kind of scary. I, My husband had to help me out of the water to go rinse out. I did not wear, know how to get out of the water. The Dead Sea is full, though. It is full of healing medicinal nutrients, especially for those who have rheumatoid 
arthritis and psoriasis. And we did do our mud bath afterwards. Like I got out of the water, put the mud all over my body, let it sit for about 15 minutes and then rinsed off. And yes, it's true. My skin was silky soft. The Sea of Galilee is beautiful, mesmerizing, and it is here that there are Jewish, uh, lots of Jewish holy sites. My favorite experience in the Holy Land? All of them. But for the sake of this short episode, I was enlightened and edified at the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Now, I didn't realize this, but this church is built on the traditional site of Jesus' crucifixion and burial. It's a big building over the locations of Jesus's life happenings. According to John 19, 41 through 42 in the Bible, his tomb was close to the crucifixion. And so the church that stands now was planned to enclose the site of both the cross and the tomb. It's it's really humbling and um, touching and eye-opening to walk in the Holy Sepulchre. There are many rooms in the Holy Sepulchre, but one is um, one that stands out because it holds the angel's stone um, was just really, really mind-boggling to look at. It's believed the stone to believe uh, believed to be a fragment of the stone that sealed Jesus' tomb, and it is enclosed in glass. You can't touch it, but you see it. One other place I must mention because it was here, in my opinion, that I saw a modern-day saint was in the Holy Monastery of Saint George in Birkin, Palestine. This is where the miracle of the 10 lepers took place. Look that up if you don't know what it is. The 10 lepers were healed by Jesus. We were in that actual physical place in the location where they were lowered in the hole. And that hole is now um, under a church. We were in that church or monastery, monastery. And the abbot, only one person keeping this church alive, was standing there as we entered. He was so humbled, so respectful, that he metaphorically represented the one of only 10 lepers who returned to thank Jesus for healing him on that very day, thousands of years ago. As our beloved and late Father William Chiganos of the church we attend here in Westchester, Illinois, used to preach, attitude and gratitude. These two will get you through life. Attitude and gratitude. We can take that one to the bank. The true gift of Israel, the Palestinian states, the Middle East, is that the Bible is now truly alive. All the scripture readings from childhood to adulthood are breathing in my bones. The Bible came to life. Each experience, place, person, location, food, and tradition that I encountered, which can be found in the weekly epistles and gospel, are with me forever. They're inside of me forever, alive. It's now really, truly a living Bible I was personally transported to the lives of the Jews, the Palestinians, the Christians of yesteryear. The Bible and the life of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. No changes, just the truth. And I lived it. I was there on that soil, on that land. I now am a pilgrim, a daughter of the land. This tiny look-see at my Holy Land adventure, sojourn, epic, and eternal adventure pilgrimage is just really minuscule. I mean, you just can't even capture everything that happened, but I wanted to kind of give you a teaser. And if you want to learn and hear more about this life-changing experience, please, by all means, jot me a note at kiki at kefilife.com and indicate your interest. And then I'll reconnect with our guides, our leaders, and Good Shepherd Travel to bring you a broader and more comprehensive look at a place we can all call home. Yours in love and Kefi. And until the next sojourn, 
Pilgrim Vale. Stay right there. Up next, your weekly takeaway to keep it all as well. Hola, Kala. This Hola, Kala moment brought to you by the law offices of Liston and Centillus, ranked number one by the Leading Lawyers Network since 2010, taking care of all your real estate needs. Cooking is fascinating with its recipes, cultural influence, and impact on individual, family, and holiday gatherings. Many local cuisines in all corners of the world rely on natural and unprocessed ingredients and time-tested preparation methods. You really don't have to hop a plane to try some of these tasty dishes, though. Just get yourself a cookbook and start exploring the top three healthy cuisines from around the world. Healthline reports that Greek cuisine is the top most delicious and healthy cuisine with its grilled fish, souvlaki, and vegetable dishes all drizzled with olive oil. Oppa! Second on the list is Japanese food, a diet rich in seafood and veggies, sashimi, miso soup, and stir fries. Konichawa! Third on Healthline's list is Mexican food. Ay caramba! Rich in beans, fruits, and vegetables. Traditional Mexican food is delicious and nutritious. Hola cala! When you go outside your daily eating pattern and give another culture a taste. Kiki Vale is the founder of Kefi Life. She is passionate about whole person wellness and living a fulfilled life. Her Kefi Life podcast is created to simply and naturally help you harmonize the mind, body, and soul the Greek way. Visit kefilife.com, at kefilife365 on Instagram, and check out Kiki Vale on LinkedIn and on Twitter. Join us again next time for more positive energy and inspiration on Kefi Life.